No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to nobull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in. Wednesday edition of No Bull with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. Little showboating going up in the pre-show video. I threw a baseball up to the camera. Sean goes, all right, I see you. Let me grab a football off the desk right here. Always have this football ready to go, Schubert. It's always with me. High and tight right now. Heading into the first segment of the show. How are you doing on a Wednesday, my friend? Dude, I'm feeling Baseball Eve. Baseball Eve. Opening day tomorrow. That's cool. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good, though, dude. Like, so couple of things going on. First and foremost, my TV just turned on, and I hear Colin Coward in the background. It's freaking me out because it turned on by itself. Second of, all, real quick. second of all, so I had um, so this weekend, I told you on our live show on Sunday, I had some issues going on in the front yard, right? We were trying to well, fix yeah, That's why this is our first show of the week. You've been yeah. so busy fixing that. That's not why. But anyway, <laughs> so I had to fix that this week. So I had what it was is my automatic sprinkler system in the front yard. Uh, there was a leak going into one of the valves that were in the ground, and there was a leak from the main spout down to it as well. You know, not a big one, just just some drips. Had to fix it. So we were able to. My dad and I we fixed it this weekend. You know, going down to the valves, but one of the valves wasn't shutting off completely. So this might be one of my finest man moments of all time. Okay, because I'm not an electrical guy. Like I bring my buddies over to you know, swap out fans or do whatever. I'm well, not an electrical guy. Well, if you're doing water-related activities, I wouldn't want to be an electrical guy either, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. So, you know, I uh, had to replace the sprinkler valve. Went to Home Depot, right? Got it. Came home. Your fourth trip in the last three days to Home yeah, Depot? Yeah, it was my third trip, but it was the only one. It was the first one for this particular piece because I didn't know. We had to troubleshoot, Whatever. Schubert. We had to troubleshoot to find out exactly what it was. So finally, I figured out it was the leaky valve. Swapped it out. Had to rewire it. First go. Went over to the panel. Boom. That one fired off. Felt really good about it. This morning, all three zones of my water, front and backyard, fired off on their own. We're good. We're good. Proud, that's, I'm that's, proud that's of quality, you. I good, certainly wouldn't have been Schubert, able to do it. So. That's a good man moment right there. It makes you I'm feel proud good. of you, man. No, it makes I'm you proud feel of you. good about yourself. You go on, you know, walking a little taller, chin a little higher that day. Yeah. That's a good man moment right there. Until right? it breaks later on today and you have to fix it again. With <laughs> yeah. that it being said, let us tell everybody what is in the lead here on a Wednesday. This is the one they're talking about. Sean, starting the NBA. Phoenix Suns beat the Atlanta Hawks last night. I believe the final sure score is 117-100. Sure was. And, and now they await the Chicago Bulls tonight. Back-to-back here for the Phoenix Suns. They continue to hold on to that two-seed in the West. And I think, obviously, Sean, the biggest thing that we are keeping an eye on now with this basketball team is, can they close out basketball games on a consistent basis? Can they show up in the fourth quarter and finish teams when they have a lead? Can they finish the job? They did so last night. And now we will see if they're able to take care of business tonight against the Bulls. Yeah, incredibly, they've been awful in the fourth quarter of oh, brutal. the last it's four been, games. I mean, just atrocious. Uh, and yet they've won... They've won three of three of those four games, and they've just been right. brutal in the fourth quarter. They found a way to hang on and beat the Raptors. They found a way to hang on and beat the Hornets in that Sunday matinee game, and, and went into overtime. They found a way to uh, to beat the Hawks last night, and they played well in the fourth quarter, um, which was which was good to see. DeAndre Ayton actually getting some quality minutes down the stretch to close out that basketball game. I think they went on like a, was it a twelve to or 15-7 to seven run or something like that late in the basketball game to wrap it up, 15-2. to two. Uh, But they, they played well down the stretch. DeAndre Ayton gave you some quality minutes. You got the win. And again, this this 
this stretch of Suns basketball coming up, this was the first game over an 11-game stretch where nine of those games are at home. We've been focusing on this for the last couple yes, weeks. We and you can really do yourself, uh, you know, put yourself in a good spot if you just take care of home court. And one of those games coming up, you got the Bulls, the Thunder, you're on the road against the Rockets, then you come home to play the Jazz. You can close some of that gap there, too. It's a three-game cushion right yeah, now that the man. Jazz have, and the Suns only have a one-and-a-half-game cushion over the Clippers for that two-seed. So this is a very important stretch for this basketball yep. team. Nine of 11 at home last night was the first of those of those games. Now, And against winning teams, you can get wins against, too. The Bulls, the Thunder, the Rockets are on the road, but that's a game you feel good about. Plus, the Suns, I believe, are the best, record, best road record in the NBA. So you go and you take care of the, the Rockets, then you have an opportunity to really do yourself some favors by beating the Jazz at home if you can do that. But yeah, 9 of 11 at home. Take advantage of it. They did so last night against the Hawks, 117-110. Speaking of basketball, Sean, the Final Four is set. Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga, and a Pac-12 representative in the Final Four in March Madness, the UCLA Bruins, the 11 seed. There are two one seeds, a two seed, and then just there's two one seeds next to each other because Schubert. it is the 11 seeded UCLA Bruins that are in the Final Four. If this was a regular year, they would have been in Dayton, you know, playing in the first four. They would have been in Dayton. Trust me, I know well, what that trip is like. We've, we've done it a handful of times with the Devils. That's a, that's a heck of an accomplishment whether you're, you're making that trip through Dayton or not. They're two from, wins away from a national championship. From first four to final four. Uh, that's absolutely impressive for UCLA. You know, and listen, it's I think UCLA can be looked at and you can you can see the type of a toll that just the COVID situation played on this basketball's regular season. UCLA was expected to be the best team in the Pac-12. The media voted yep. them as the favorite to win the Pac-12, followed by ASU, USC, and so forth. UCLA was not great throughout the entire regular season. Matter of fact, I think they lost their last four games going into the tournament. ASU had them on the ropes both times they played them. Matter of fact, you, you can make a case ASU should have beat them both times they played them as extremely un, un, uh, uh, undermanned as ASU was. But yet they got hot at the right time. They're reaching their potential at the right time. And now here sure. they are in the Final Four. The problem is... And this is where their run's going to come to an end yes. because they're playing Gonzaga, who's beaten every team they play by double digits in the tournament. My so God. it was a great run, UCLA. Glad to see you hey. here representing the Pac-12 well. It's going to be okay. You're going to go out here because Gonzaga's un, un, just unbelievable. Gonzaga's not just beating teams by double digits in the tournament. They Coming into the tournament, they had won 22 consecutive games by double digits that was coming into the tournament the last time that had been done was 1967 1968 by john wooden's ucla bruins see we're coming full circle here schubert ucla gonna put an end to that streak here is the they're the, not the, Sorry, this is the not. point differential this is the margin of victory for gonzaga in their four tournament wins they win 98 55 against a 16 seed they beat oklahoma 87 71 that's 16 points for those of you keeping track at home they beat creighton 83 to 65 and then they beat usc 85 to 66 that's a 19 point deficit for those of you keeping track at home they blow the doors off of everybody that they play I think it's I think it's a runaway for this team. I think they are. This is their year. It certainly oh, has felt that way all year, and I don't think this is going to be any different. Not It'll, taking anything away from UCLA, they can win this basketball game, but they are looking across at the best team in college basketball all year long. Yeah, USC is a really good basketball team. They're long, uh, they're, they're athletic, they're really well coached. They didn't look like any of that last night. If you watched that basketball game, Gonzaga is just a machine. They come at you from so many different ways. They're so 
stout defensively because they just play good team basketball. It's just a good basketball team, man. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately for you at UCLA, their fun run runs into one of the better basketball teams we've seen in recent memory. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's probably more than likely coming to an end. But, listen, first four to final four, regardless, man, you tip your cap it's to impressive. UCLA. Yeah. Yes. Very, very impressive. Last story for you here in the lead, Sean. Looks like the Arizona Cardinals will have themselves a new backup quarterback next season, a one-year deal for Colt McCoy. And, Sean, I think this all really stems back to the last game of the regular season when Kyler Murray dealing with an injury and the Cardinals had to turn to a guy with not a lot of NFL experience with their season on the line with a chance to go to the playoffs. Now you bring in a guy on a one-year deal who has made starts in the National Football League, has filled in in times when there's been an injury. He knows the situation. He knows how to handle himself it gives you a guy with nfl experience in this spot if you ever if you're ever confronted with that situation again in Cole mccoy the situation you mean you're playing a team that's also playing a guy who's never taken an yeah. nfl snap yeah, and it's you fair lose that, yeah. bas- lose that football game yeah uh colt mccoy started 30 games in his career so i mean the experience is definitely there now you can talk about the results of those 30 games he's 8 and 22 in those 30 starts but you also have to put some context to it played for an awful cleveland browns team played for a bad 49ers team played for a worse Washington football team, played for the Giants last year and got a couple starts where he was 1-1 last year in his starts a season ago. But listen, in those starts last year, he completed 60% of his passes, you know, had one touchdown, one pick. It's not like, listen, you're not relying on Colt McCoy, hopefully. If you are, season's probably not going in a very positive manner anyway. Uh, But this is is a definite upgrade of last year's situation. I love it. Get a guy that's got some experience. He's been there and done that. Um, and if you have to rely on him, you feel comfortable with him being able to execute a game plan. You feel comfortable with him getting a team in and out of a huddle, not having the you know, pre-snap issues, understand what he's seeing. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's good to have a backup that's had the experience like a Colt McCoy. It's definitely an upgrade over a year ago. That's it. That's all we have for you in the lead here on a Wednesday. The Show's baseball, over. No, baseball is going to be safe for tomorrow, everybody. Don't you worry. A special mm-hmm. Thursday edition of the show coming out baseball themed because it's opening day tomorrow. So don't worry. You'll get your baseball tomorrow. Coming up next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. The Cardinals are gaining all sorts of buzz post-free agency. Is it enough buzz to make them a legitimate playoff threat? We'll get into that next here on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. How about this for some buzz? 6,000 vehicles at your fingertips. That gets you That gets you stoked, right? Uh, 6,000 vehicles at your fingertips. If you're browsing for that new vehicle, nobull.com is where you want to go. Uh, 17 different brands, 21 different locations of Earnhardt Auto Centers all together in one spot. nobull.com, the Noble Express options where you want to go. Uh, test drive a vehicle today. But don't leave your house until the car gets there. That's right. They're going to bring it to your front door. You can test drive the vehicle, take it around town, fill out your financial application after you get done test driving that vehicle because you love it. So you fill out the application right there online as well. They bring the new car to you. Maybe it wasn't the color you wanted. Well, they'll bring the actual car straight to your front door as well once your purchase is over at Noble.com with the Noble Express option. Listen, you know you can trust Earnhardt Auto Centers. 1951 locally owned and operated since 1951. If you've lived in the Valley for any amount of time, you know Earnhardt Auto Centers. You know it's a family-owned business that you can trust. Uh, Nobull.com, Nobull Express option. That ain't no bull. Sean, this, this next segment's going to be a very fun exercise to play out with you because you know the concept of what we're doing, but you don't know the actual specifics. I've kind of kept you hidden here a little bit in the dark here on the show. 
ESPN and their NFL Nation reporters, so all the beat reporters that they have that cover each team, got together and they have their NFL power rankings post-free agency edition 1 to 32. And then each NFL Nation reporter wrote up a blurb about each team and also included each team's best off-season move so far. So this is going to be a two-pronged question that then can get us into a larger conversation, Sean. One, where are the Cardinals ranked? We'll start there. Where do you think the Cardinals clock in here? 1-32 to in the NFL power rankings post-free agency edition. So taking in everything that we've seen so far in free agency, all the money that's been spent, spent, what the Cardinals did, the Giants getting Kenny Galladay, Juju going back to Pittsburgh, all of these things. Where do you think the Cardinals find themselves on this list? 14. 14th. It, it, Sean, if we were only using the previous edition, the way too early rankings, you would be exactly correct. That is where they were the last time we did this. They were 14th. So now that you are equipped with that information, that they were 14th in the way too early rankings, do you want to move up or down in your Ooh, post-free like agency rankings? I like this. Because this, like this is where they right. were the last time that we did this. So your guess is wrong. Well, I will tell you this. Based do you want to move on, them up or down? Ba- I've known you for a while now. Based on the tone of your voice. Okay. A little bit of a snarkiness in there. The Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to guess, went down. They did not. They moved up the board. This right right now, according to this ESPN Power Rankings list, is a top 12 team in the National Football League. They find themselves number 12 on this list. Okay, that's part one of the conversation that we're going to have. Now part two, Sean, there's a little blurb. The best off-season move for the Arizona Cardinals. What do you think, and it's Josh Weinfuss who wrote this up, what do you think is listed as their best off-season move? Well, Josh Weinfuss is very good at what he does. Uh, he does an excellent job covering the team, so he would probably want to be right in this in this decision. Um, so in order to be right about their best off-season move, you have to put Rodney Hudson down on the piece of paper. That's the only way you can be right in this conversation. So Josh Weinfuss, who I know does an excellent job covering the Arizona Cardinals, should have Rodney Hudson down yeah, no, on a piece no, of paper. No, no, that is not what he has down on the piece of paper. Do you want to take another guess at it before we get into what he has written down here and the little blurb that he has that is is, is the is the launching point for this conversation that we're going to have? Do you want to take one more guess at it? Uh, I mean, I, J.J. Watt? Maybe no, he's you going take, down. Do you want to take another guess at it, Sean? Do you want to take a third Malcolm uh, Butler swing? Because they were you want so to take a fourth a swing at the bat? We're, we're in extra innings now. The game tell is tied. Me, we'll, give you a, we'll give you a fourth at bat. Tell me it's not A.J. Green. Okay, we'll give you a fifth at bat. We're in the 15th inning. There's more opportunities for Sean Crespin to try to just hit a single and win us the baseball game. We don't need a home run, Sean. We just need a single. So there's somebody that they acquired this offseason that's more impactful than Rodney Hudson. Are going to have a yeah, and that's why I'm bringing this up because I think this is a very interesting way to look at have this. Have a I, bigger fan impact or leadership impact than JJ Watt. That's going to have a is it Colt McCoy? I mean, who, no, who, who's, no, who's, no. who's he have on the piece of paper? The best offseason move for the Arizona Cardinals signing kicker Matt Prater listed here as the best offseason move for the Arizona Cardinals. And his reasoning is that the Cardinals were just one win away from making the postseason, and they lost two games because of missed field goals from Zane Gonzalez. So by upgrading at the kicker position, this could end up being the difference in his mind from, from going to the playoffs or missing them for a sixth straight season. Now, I will tell you, Sean, my issue with this being the argument is that is a very narrow-minded view at looking yes. as to the, what the Cardinals were in yes. 2000. 2020. I don't think it's as simple as replacing Gonzalez with Matt Prater and now you're a playoff team. 
I don't think it's that simple because you and I, and this has kind of been, and sorry to all the Cardinals fans that are listening to this podcast because I think we're going to be a little negative here, but it has been the position of this show time in and time again that, yes, the Cardinals were improved in the win column in 2020, but you have to look at the context of how they got there. And when you look at the teams that they played and the quarterbacks that they played, 8-8 eight and eight is actually a disappointment when you look at the leap from year one to year two under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. There should have been more wins on this schedule. And, yes, Zane Gonzalez missing kicks is part of it, but it's also because the Cardinals didn't play well down the stretch in the second half of last season. Kyler Murray was not the same quarterback that he was in the first half of last season. By the way, you also have a brand-new starting running back in Chase Edmonds who you're going to ask to carry a workload that he's never carried in his entire career. Your wide receiver room has been completely kind of reshuffled a little bit, and you need that to gel. You've made upgrades to the offensive line. We will give you that. Rodney Hudson should probably be the answer uh, to this question. You've made moves. You've, you swapped out J.J. Watt for Hassan Reddick. I still think your cornerback room is, is, is a mess and needs to be completely reworked, um, even with the addition of Malcolm Butler. I think you've taken a step down in that regard. I don't think it's easy as saying, oh, yeah, they signed Matt Prater, so now they're, they're going to be able to win those games that they didn't that they lost last year because they missed kicks, and now they're a playoff team. Which games? Uh, that's wait, that's wait, a hard leap for me to make. Which games were they, by the way? Was it the Dolphins? And the Lions? They had, yeah, they, it was the late kick, I think, against the Dolphins. Yeah, I think those are the two games. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, I'm trying to do this. You also had a Patriots game. Remember, you lost by three there. Oh, it may, maybe it was that one as well. And then there's the Seattle game, by the way, in overtime, which they win because of a Zane Gonzalez kick. Right, but there's there's no it. game on the schedule last year that you lost by more than or by by under three points. So those kicks wouldn't have been the difference of a win or a loss. They would have been a difference between an overtime or a not overtime. You yeah, mean, I, listen, I, I think lo- this is you a stretch. You're only yeah, lost. I, I think it's a stretch. You had a three-point loss to the Lions. You had a three-point loss to the Dolphins. You had a three-point loss to the Patriots. Those were the only games in which the, the outcome that you were on the losing end of was within three points. Lost to the Niners by eight, 20 to 12. That's the other thing. Uh, you mustered 12 points against a 49ers team that was completely depleted at home with the playoffs on the line. We're going to talk about CJ Beathard playing We're going to talk about the kicker being the problem there. Right. You you lost to the Rams when they started John Walford at quarterback in a must-win game to make you the postseason in the final points. week of the season. So it's the, right. So it's just as simple as replacing. Here, I'll read you. I will read you the full the full Please blurb. Do. It's not that long from Josh Weinfist. And tell me if you didn't have the same reaction I have. Again, the best offseason move being signing kicker Matt Prater. Quote: The Cardinals were a win away from making the playoffs last season and happened to lose two games because of missed field goals. Just one of those would have put Arizona in the postseason. The Cardinals didn't re-sign Zane Gonzalez, instead opting for the 36-year-old Prater, who's one of the best kickers in NFL history. Giving themselves that kind of talent at kicker could end up being the difference between going to the playoffs or missing them for the sixth straight season, end quote. And I'm sorry, Sean, I just think that's an extremely narrow way of looking at what happened last season. There is more than just missed kicks that go into the Cardinals missing the playoffs last year. I'm sorry, there there just is. Yeah, I'm going to do something off off the cuff here. Again, you just just told me that... you know, I didn't know something was coming yeah, within the yeah. show. You yeah, didn't know that this uh, this is about to come right now as well okay. because we are going to have to do this, Schubert. <laughs> Impromptu, better or not better? Okay, all right. I don't I don't know the rules. Here's what we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna Go look ahead. at uh, we're gonna look at all seven NFC playoff participants last year, and we're gonna swap out Zane Gonzalez. We're going to put Matt Prater on the roster from last year, and we're going to say whether or not the Arizona Cardinals were better or not better than these particular seven teams. 
Okay. Start with the wild card teams. Last year, yeah. the Chicago Bears, Arizona Cardinals, better or not better than the Chicago Bears a year ago? I think they're a better football team, yeah. I, I, I think that loss at the end of the season is what is the only reason why the Bears are in and the, and the, the Cardinals aren't. I think they are the better mm-hmm. football team. Yeah, so I would say the Cardinals are better. Okay. With Matt Prater so on the roster, so there's than the one. Chicago Bears. Okay. Los Angeles Rams, better. No, I don't. No, okay. No. Tampa Bay, no, no, not no. better. Not better, not okay. better. Well, okay, the, the other four are division winners. So, you you know, Washington football team, you did They're beat, not better than Washington. You did I, I'm beat sorry, they're them. not better than Washington. You I know, did. but that was a different. You played them in a different time. I agree. And the entire context of that football I team agree. changed. Chase Young was one of the best defensive players on the planet at the end of the season. Alex Smith gave that team life offensively. Yeah. I know we're just looking at last year, but this year, I think Washington's better than Arizona. Oh, I agree with that. Seattle, Seahawks, no. Uh, nope. no, no, Orleans, no, New Orleans, no Packers, no. Sorry, okay, no. so. No, one. I don't and, it was, and by the way, and by the way, it was the team that you were fighting for a spot with at the last week of the season. So yeah. nothing about changing the kicker matters. It was still the same situation the that you same. were in. So not I, to yeah, mention, I, I was dude, baffled by this. Not to mention, again, if you just go back to last year and you put context to the entire season, and you look at the schedule for the Cardinals last year, you know, when you're playing a 49er team in week one who was banged up, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. Washington with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback, as you mentioned, completely different football team. He's not even on the roster anymore. Uh, the Lions weren't a good football team last year. You lost to the Panthers and the Lions in consecutive weeks. You caught the Jets with a new quarterback being switched in his first game uh, with with the with the New York Jets. The Cowboys with the exact same situation. Uh, the, you know, you, you you beat the Seahawks in overtime. It's a solid win, uh, but you lose to the Dolphins the next week in Tua's second start of his NFL career. You know, I mean, you had all these things go your way the last two weeks of the year. We had the Giants on the schedule. The Patriots were not a good football team last year, under 500. Um, you know, the the Eagles, you 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 barely find a way to win that football game. And Jalen Hurts' second start of his career. And again, C.J. Beathard and your boy, uh, the John Walford, the, Arizona Hotshots legend. Arizona Hotshots legend. Thank you, John Walford. You lost both of those teams. Like, put context to the season last year. Yes. You and by the way, you only beat Buffalo because of a hail mary at the end of the at the end yeah, of the game. Yeah, but that was a heck of a kicking, football game. I know, but kicking didn't have any part no, in that win. And by didn't. the way, if they lose that game, Zane Gonzalez doesn't have any you know impact on that. No. You know what, Sean? You know what, Sean? You, I surprised you at the beginning of the show. You surprised me in the beginning, in the, in the middle of this segment. Yeah. I'm going to surprise you again. Can you play that music again for uh, me? Can you I, give you, me the music you, one more time? You want the line is right music? I'm always for it. So, what are we doing here? We're going to do a second impromptu version of Better or Not Better because what I'm going to do, Sean, is I'm going to read you the five teams right behind the Cardinals in the ESPN Power Rankings. You tell me if your personal opinion of these teams is that the Cardinals are better than not better of these football teams. Five okay teams behind them? Or, or, five or, teams. We'll do five. We'll do more. We'll do, we'll do more. I was just looking want, for NFC teams. Because we're talking okay. playoffs here, we should just get NFC okay. teams here. We'll just do the first five NFC teams that All I right. see, okay? The team directly behind the Cardinals in the standings, they are listed that as 13th, okay. the San Francisco 49ers. The Cardinals better or not better than the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, I'm going to have to go with, and this is, sorry, Cardinal fans, just being real here, a healthy 49ers team, not better. You are not, not better. better as of right now. I got to see yes. JJ on the field. I got to see AJ Green on the field. I got to see you know, everything come together. Right now, you are not better going into next year than the San Francisco 49ers. A team three spots down from the Arizona Cardinals. They're 15th on this list. The Minnesota Vikings. The Cardinals mm. better or not better than the Minnesota Vikings? I think you're better than the Vikings. Now, the the Vikings down the stretch last year were playing some better football. Were, it was good football. It wasn't terrible. But they've got their own set of issues, very much like the Cardinals do. I I think you're better than the Vikings. I'll give the Cardinals. I'll, I'll, I'll give them the, the nod there. 
16th on this list, a spot lower than the Minnesota Vikings. They have a new quarterback, Drew Brees gone, the New Orleans Saints, the Cardinals better or not better. Very much like I just said. I don't like. Cardinals. I don't like the hesitation here. I, well, this is easy for me. I, I, I'd say the Cardinals are better than the Saints. They are absolutely yeah. better. That Saints team is brutal. The stuff they had to do to get oh. under the cap, the players that they had to get rid of. That team, I don't think, wins more than five or six games. No, I, I agree. So not. So the Cardinals better then. Yeah. Okay. 18th on the list. A couple more spots down. The Dallas Cowboys. The Cardinals better or not better than the I Dallas Cowboys. Hate this one. I hate this because if they put it together, it's a good football team. Their defense was just bad last year, but they have more firepower offensively than most teams in the NFL. I- I'm going to say the Cardinals are right now better than the Dallas Cowboys. I saw a team that I didn't know was this far down on the list. We're going to get to them in a second. 21st on the list of the New York Giants. The Cardinals better or not better? Are I think better than the Giants. Yeah. Okay. Right. 22nd on the list, the Washington football team. Are you kidding me? 22nd on this list? Ryan Fitzpatrick. They add Curtis Samuel. They add Adam Humphreys. The team is... I think they're the best team in the division. But if I'm saying that I'm, I'm not giving the Cardinals the nod over the 49ers because I need to see J.J., I need to see A.J. Green, I need to see some of these moves, you can say the same thing about the Washington football team who last year, for the most part, didn't play a lot of good football. That Down the stretch, they started playing okay. Defensively, they're, they're, they're a stud. But no, I'll say the Cardinals are better than Washington right now. Disagree so strongly with this. I have a lunch bet with some friends over this. Washington's win total over the Arizona win well, total. Well, yeah, this but year. again, put context to that because Washington gets to play the NFC East. The Cardinals okay. have to play the NFC that was, West. I, 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 that factors into what, whether I'm not, whether or not I'm putting Washington higher up this power rankings list, right? Washington's going to be a better football team. They're going to win what? more games. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. No, no, no. See, I, I hang on. Stop the music. Stop. This is the National Football League wins and losses, Sean. Doesn't determine whether or not you're a better football team than somebody else. Okay? Like, for instance, the Arizona Cardinals, we just talked about all the things that fell your way, and you didn't take advantage of it, so it's hard for me to take you serious in certain areas, right? Listen, if I have to, if the Arizona Cardinals have to have six games against the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks, and the Redskins, excuse me, the Washington football the team Washington football gets team, six please. games against the, the the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants. Who's more likely to have more wins? No, it's fair. I I agree with you. So it doesn't but th- it doesn't always is, equal a better or worse football team. It just does. I think I think on paper Washington's a better football. I mean, team. you How about sound, that? I, you, will, I will you, double. You, the- you sound like those people are like, whoa, well they have a playoff appearance. Well, they won the NFC East. Like people, are, oh yeah, well they, they they're a better team. They've been to the playoffs. But they, they they won the NFC East. Okay, that wasn't no. that wasn't my argument. But my people, argument is that they're a better football that team. That they're they're a better football team. I got one more team for oh, you because yeah. there's a lot of NFC teams behind the Cardinals. Uh, 23rd on this list, the Carolina Panthers. Cardinals better or not? I'm intrigued by the Panthers. First of all, the Panthers beat you last year, but they did. In terms by the way, of, their best offseason move. I just I, this is we'll spin it back. Their best offseason move signing a Son Reddick. By the way, I like that. that's kind of funny. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals better than better than the Panthers right now. If we're just doing this agree. on paper, if we're just doing this on because paper, I think, I, I think the quarterback situation is is, is heavily skewed to the, towards the Cardinals, and I think the, the Panthers roster is still extremely young. They're still trying to turn it over a little bit. So let me ask you this: yes. <laughs> impromptu, out of control, the yeah, line is right today. Totally lost the show today. How many on that power rankings list? How many NFC teams are in front of the Arizona Cardinals? In front of the Arizona because that Cardinals. determines if you're a playoff okay. team. The Seattle Seahawks one. The Los Angeles Rams? Two. The Green Bay Packers? Three. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Four. You're a playoff team next year, according to this power rankings. You're a wild card team. I don't, but, I don't, don't agree with that. I do not agree with that. Well. I don't think they're a playoff team right Chris, now. Chris, the power rankings talk- have spoken. <laughs>
All right. It's you true. cannot fight you it. Got, listen, for those of you loyal listeners who, who love the better or not better, you got two. You got two impromptu better good. or not betters yeah, here on Wednesday. We didn't Wednesday, even have so. a plan, man. That was just <laughs> No, happening. not a single plan whatsoever. Uh, coming up next here on Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone, we'll wrap up this edition. More Cardinals talk. The J.J. Watt signing. How risky is it? One place says it's a pretty risky move. We'll get into it next here on Noble with Chris Cressman and Simone. Okay, Sean, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming here on a Wednesday. Never know there was a story. <laughs> Never know if an impromptu, another impromptu, better or not better, <laughs> will break its way out here to close the show. But you brought this story to the table in our pre-show prep meeting about J.J. Watt and the signing of J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals as a quote-unquote risky move for the Arizona Cardinals. And I'll let you kind of set the table on this and, and, and kind of bring it up, but I think using the term risky here, I don't like this word choice. I don't know if I would describe it as risky, but I'll let you set the table and then we can get it. Yeah, Bleacher Reports, Christopher Knox, did a, a he put together a list of the, the most, the riskiest signings in free agency to date. Uh, he had the 10 most risky free agent signings. Number one, excuse me, eight. He had eight of them. But number one on the list, J.J. Watt, to the Arizona Cardinals as a risky as a risky signing, and I agree with you. I I, I paused. I said, "What? Let me read you what he puts first, so we can we can we can at least get the idea of where he where he's coming from here." "Quote: The Arizona Cardinals signed veteran pass rusher J.J. Watt to a two-year, thirty-one million dollar deal before the start of free agency. His contract includes twenty-three million in guarantees. That would be a fair price if Watt were still a top-tier player, but he hasn't been that in a while." Watt produced just nine sacks over the past two seasons and had just 29 quarterback pressures in 2020. The 32-year-old also has a noteworthy injury history, having missed eight or more games in three of the past five seasons. So that's his blurb as to why, as to why he uh, he says it's a risky signing. He went on though because this is the one part of his his idea that I actually buy. Quote, by adding Watt, the Cardinals essentially gave up on re-signing 26-year-old pass rusher Hassan Reddick. While Reddick does carry his own risks. He has the potential to be a five or six year contributor to the team. Uh, that I can, I, okay, there's some conversation there. But overall, JJ Watt is not that risky of a signing. It's it, not that much money. It's, I mean, it, it really is. isn't. Next year, here's where it gets risky. But you got to give, especially the way he was able to put together what he's put together this offseason with, with uh, the moves in the free agency market and so forth for what Steve Kime's been able to do, give him the benefit of the doubt in getting creative with the salary cap. It's it's risky if the cap doesn't go up as much as we think it's going to next year and you have to find a way to extend Chandler Jones and who knows what's going to happen with Kyler Murray because he's technically available for a new contract after this season. So does Have you he, seen the new TV contract? So does he start pounding the table for a new contract as well? Right, yeah, but have so, you seen the new TV deal? Because yeah, there's but, going to be a lot of money coming. But in. that does. But uh, all 110 or 10 billion dollars doesn't get put into it, right? It's over the right, course but, of year. It's going to escalate periodically. So, I, I think you're going to see it get close to where they were anticipating it being this year, next year. So from 180 to 210, 215 ish, uh, and then it'll start going up from there. So you're probably a couple years out from really seeing the fruits of that. But if you sign an extension for three or four years at the start of next season, or excuse me, next off season, you can prorate that out to the years in which you're anticipating the salary cap being much higher. So that's the only way this is a risky move for me is if the salary cap for some way, for some reason, 
doesn't go up to where they're anticipating it going next year. Um, and considering what Roger Goodell said at the owners' meetings this week, I was, I was just going to bring this up that they're going to have packed stadiums. He's expecting there, stadiums to no be full. There's no reason that the it cap won't. doesn't go up, right? So, so it's I, so there's no risk here from a financial it, side whatsoever. Yeah, from a financial side, it's not that risky. And to be honest, if you're JJ Watt and you're looking to play anywhere in the NFL, find a team where you're not going to have to be the guy. What else do you have to prove in your career? You're a multiple defensive player of the year award winner. You know, yes. what else do you have to prove in your career? You don't have to be the guy to get to get cred throughout the league if you're JJ Watt. No, go join a team like the Arizona Cardinals where you're opposite of Chandler Jones and for the first time in your career, you're not going to have to be the guy. Listen, if he produce, if he if he pushes 7 8 9 10 sacks next year, I, I, that's 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 solid for me. That's a win. He doesn't have to be 15, 16, 17 sack no, guy. I don't, and I don't think they're asking him no, to be that either. Be be eight to ten, pressure the quarterback. You know, that that that's what you're looking for for JJ Watt. And they're not paying him a number, especially next year, to uh, that that equals a top tier pass rusher either. So I don't see this as a risky move for the Arizona Cardinals. It was head scratching a little bit at the time. Because of the the need at corner, running back, wide receiver, it was head scratching at the time. But they then still once have we two of those needs, but yeah, they still have a couple of those needs. But once we started getting the details of the contract, it wasn't as bad. They've got void years on the back of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just not that risky of a deal. It really isn't. So I, no, I was surprised I, to see that him, him make the list. Not only make the list, but be the first one on here. If you wanted to, I mean, and there's there's part of me that wants to play a, a risky or not risky with the remainder of that list and compare JJ Watt to them, but I, I think I think we I think you know we've done a, we've done a bunch of that here on this show. Riskier or not riskier? All right, JJ, Sean, hit me with the JJ list. JJ Watt Go signing ahead. by the Arizona Cardinals. This is according to Bleacher Reports list of uh, risky signings from free agency. Chicago Bears signing Andy Dalton. Riskier or not riskier? No, it's not riskier. It's a one-year deal for a guy who's going to be your starter. He's QB1 according to the Twitter account. So, no, not risky at all. No, J.J. Watt's deal is riskier than Andy Dalton's because it's a one-year deal. Okay. Cincinnati Bengals signed Trey Hendrickson. Okay. So this one, this one, I think is, is I think JJ Watt's deal is not as risky as this deal. I think this deal for Cincinnati is riskier. They gave money to a guy who has really one good year of production in New Orleans, and, and, let, yep. and let their own guy Carl Lawson, who was in their building, basically get the same amount of money to go play for the New York Jets at the same dollar amount. Wouldn't you want to keep the guy that you've known that you've been coaching up for the last couple of years? So yeah, I think this, I, I think JJ Watt's deal not as risky as this deal. All right, Jacksonville Jags sign Shaq Griffin. Riskier or not riskier? There's more money associated with this. A lot more money associated Mm -hmm. with this. But he was the top corner on the market or one of the top corners on the market. They needed uh, the money. They needed the position. I'm going to say that this deal, the J.J. Watts deal, is not as risky as the Shaq Griffin deal. It's a lot of money to a guy over multiple amount of years. So I will I, I would take JJ Watt's deal over this deal for Shaq Griffin. Shaq Griffin signed a three year forty four and a half million dollar deal. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Guaranteed. That's My a lot goodness. Of money. Uh riskier or not riskier, <laughs> Los Angeles Rams signed Leonard Floyd. Four year deal to Easily one of the big pieces of their defense. I'm gonna. This is a hot take, Sean. I think the J.J. Watt deal is riskier than, than this deal. Leonard Floyd, he's been in that building. They know the yep. production. 
He is part of their mantra of kind of this stars and scrubs roster construction that they have, where they've paid a lot of guys a lot of money, and they fill out the rest of their rosters with guys not making a whole lot and not very household names, right? John Johnson, who was their big-time safety, he left, he went to Cleveland. Uh, so this is kind of their mantra. Leonard Floyd fits that. He was extreme. He was a good player for them. A good amount of money. I think that JJ Watt feels riskier. Younger player in Leonard Fournette or Leonard Floyd, excuse me. Um, you know what you're getting. I, I think that JJ Watt feels riskier. Yeah. Anytime you're talking about somebody who didn't change buildings, right? It's, it's yeah. Like I just, I, I would I, I would rather take that deal because I right. that makes me think that the coaching staff believes in him that sure. much, right? Riskier or not riskier. New England Patriots signing not one but two: Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry. To contracts riskier or not riskier two tight ends yeah i mean they needed pass catchers right so I, I think if you take away the idea that they're tight ends and you just evaluate them from the standpoint of they needed guys that could catch passes from cam newton because watching that team last year and watching cam newton try to throw the football was just it was egregious because he doesn't have anybody to nobody could catch the ball for him they had poor receiving options so uh, I mean, this is the some of the most money given to tight ends, right? In terms of in terms of annual average value. So I will say that those deals are riskier than JJ Watt. I will give JJ Watt and the Arizona Cardinals the benefit of the doubt and say that the, the tight agree. end deals are riskier. All right. New York Jets signed Corey Davis. No, nah, what's get get out of here? JJ Watt's riskier, riskier than how? Yeah, JJ How do you that? Corey Davis coming off of his best season, right? And it was only the one good year that he had. But uh, Sean. Compare what Corey Davis got to what Kenny Galladay got, to what what to what Nelson Aguilar got in New England, to what a lot of the other pass catching options got. The Jets didn't overpay for a guy. Yeah, they gave him three years, but they gave him right in line to what everybody else was getting. I don't see any risk with this. It's a, it's structured really wow. nicely in year one. I think this deal structured in a really nice way. So I think the JJ Watt deal is risky. That's a little you, bit of bias. I understand. If, yeah, I mean, if you can because there's some bias involved. He's never even had a thousand yard season before, but you know. I, it, okay, he had like what nine hundred and ninety last year. Give it to him. Okay, yes. round up. Six fifty. He's going to play in two of his what? four years. Hey, listeners, watch. I want you to listen to this real close because you're going to be able to hear and you're going to be able to see Sean's vitriol when I say this. I mean, he's playing 17 games next year, so he'll get a thousand next year. <laughs> All right, next one, final one. Tennessee Titans signed Bud Dupree. Riskier or not riskier? This is risky. Yeah, this is Extremely. really risky. And I think I think this is riskier than than the, the, the JJ Watt signing. That Tennessee defense in shambles last year was not good. Was not what we anticipated it being. And I don't know, it, Bud Dupree, injury risks. You don't know if you're going to be able to get that production out of him. They've been down this road before. Does everybody not remember the Jadavion Clowney saga that they had where they thought they were getting a premier pass rusher and he was not that for him, mm. uh, for them? So I think this is ris- this is a riskier deal than J.J. Watt. Yes. I would agree. All right, it's another impromptu. Uh, <laughs> Three of them here on the show, show today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, that was Bleacher but, Report saying, that, you know, talking about the J.J. Watt, one of the more riskier signings in the offseason. I just disagree. I, I, I don't I don't see it. I think it's, you know, it, once we got the, the details of the contract, it wasn't that bad. Um, no, I agree. And then the Arizona Cardinals have, for the most part, been able to fill it. They got some work to do at corner still. Got some running work back. running back for sure. Um, can we get, okay? Can can we get into this later in the week? And we're gonna have a pre, we're gonna have a production meeting right here on the show. But Chase Edmonds in his entire career in, in the National Football League, two hundred and seventeen carries last year for the Arizona Cardinals. Kenyon Drake had over two hundred and thirty. If Chase Edmonds is going to be elevated to that RB one spot, he is going to be asked to do more in one season. Now over now over seventeen games instead of sixteen games, he's going to be asked to do more in one year than he's done in his entire career. And I think that is a big red flag for this offense moving forward. And I don't think we're talking about that enough. I really don't. So something uh, to keep in the back of my mind. Maybe we'll talk about this later in the week. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how big of a red flag it actually is. Um, because, you, again, you don't have to see the workload necessarily to see the talent. I mean, I, I, you can see that he's got, 
the ability to be a productive But can he sustain back, it over 17 games now? That's and, the and, question. And, so you're going to want when some depth. At, right. And right now, Sean, they're going to call you up to play running back for them. Well, right season. now, Chase Edmonds is the only running back on the roster that's ever had an NFL carry. Okay, so, then so there you go. There's that situation. It's, I think it's proving my point here that they need to go out and address yeah. that position. But, hey, some, and, and please, and please don't do it at 16. Please, oh, do not no. take Travis Etienne at 16. No, but if all of a sudden he's in the second round and you can trade up some, oh, it's different. That's different. Then, then you start to entertain yeah. that idea a, a little bit more. Okay, before <laughs> another impromptu game of better or not better breaks out, we need to get out of here. There are things that we have to do here on a Wednesday. You can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore Podcast. Follow Sean on Twitter at S Crespin zero two. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio S C H U Radio. Rate, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're getting a special Thursday edition of the show tomorrow. A uh, lot more baseball theme because it's baseball opening day so we'll get into that as well and then our regularly scheduled friday show as well so three shows once again this week and then on sunday the live show noble live on our facebook page you can tune in for that as well everybody enjoy the rest of your wednesday we'll talk to you tomorrow